Hi, this is Steve Nerlich, and this is Steve's PhD, Episode 6, Learning Economics. Well, I am still plugging away at what is now looking like Chapter 2 of the whole PhD thesis, and I'm still doing most of it in cafes and restaurants, which strangely works. Not sure why, but working in a crowded room does make you focus on what you're doing, and you eat well too. Anyway, Chapter 2 is the foundational education stuff, which follows Chapter 1, a broad-scale introduction to the whole thesis topic, and which is now captured in a paper that's been accepted for publication. More on that later. But today, strap yourselves in for more riveting tales from the world of education theory. You might remember back in episode 3, I was suggesting that the thought of a Nobel Prize in economics might have set Alfred Nobel spinning in his grave. Well, guess what I'm working on now? And to be fair, economics does have some interesting ideas, even if those interesting ideas rarely get much public attention. For example, have you heard of the Robinson Crusoe economy? It's the idea that even though marooned alone on a desert island, Robinson Crusoe was his own economy, since he produced, he consumed, he developed infrastructure, he saved and he invested, and he certainly had his fair share of upswings and downturns. Another interesting idea is Becker Commodities, which are named after Gary Becker, who won one of those (coughs) Nobel Memorial Prizes in the Economic Sciences in 1992. Becker defined the term human capital as he sought to tackle the economics of real life. Consider the scenario of a family investing time and effort into earning income and then spending that income on purchasing flour, eggs and sugar. Now, this isn't because the flour, eggs and sugar are desirable commodities in their own right. Instead, the family invests even more time and effort into baking the flour, eggs and sugar into a cake. Now, all that extra time and effort is what economists call an opportunity cost. Since you could have just gone to the supermarket to buy a cake and put all the time you'd save towards an activity that would make more money. So a naive economic analysis would conclude that no one should be wasting their time baking cakes anymore. But Becker's whole point was that economics isn't just about money. In a social transaction, there is a world of difference between offering someone a piece of cake that you bought and offering someone a piece of cake that you baked. The investment made towards baking the cake delivers a substantial return that is hard to measure in dollars and cents. Firstly, you gain satisfaction from the cake itself, but more importantly, there are potential social gains. For example, you might plant some seeds of doubt in your boss's mind. Hmm, 
This employee's performance is down. But darn it, those cakes are really building morale. So now let's consider what kind of returns you get from an investment in education. Imagine a farm that has been isolated from the Industrial Revolution. A husband and wife come into some land and they want to make the best of it. Farming is hard work, so as their kids start to grow and they start to age, the logical thing is to get the kids out working on the farm as soon as possible. Right? Well, no. Not if you understand Becker's idea of human capital. Imagine that instead of putting the kids out to work on the farm, the husband and wife send the kids to school so they can learn how to drive a combine harvester. It might sound like cheating to have introduced the combine harvesters into the story here. After all, a combine harvester is the outcome of thousands of years of technological development. But human history is full of such technological leaps, and education is what makes those leaps possible in the first place. It's no easy matter to make a flint axe on your first attempt. Indeed, it's unlikely you would immediately realise the value of making a flint axe until someone else showed you what you could do with it and then taught you how to make one for yourself. History is full of such great leaps forward. What about this wheel thingy? Sounds terribly interesting project. And such great leaps forward are usually generational. We develop a particular technology set, then we train our children to use it, and when our children grow up, they say, hey, why not put this here and put that there? And before too long, the flint axe has been replaced with a smartphone. So don't get me wrong, we also need those other leaps of faith to fund research and development and to fund long-term infrastructure projects. My point is that the generational transfer, the passing of the baton, is achieved by education. And we can see this by now going back to the farm story. To recap, the parents chose to put their kids through school at a hefty financial cost and also an opportunity cost since the kids aren't doing any farm work while they're away. But when they do return or grown up with their degrees and their newfangled combine harvesters, the farm's productivity goes through the roof, so the parents can retire and perhaps have a holiday on the Greek Isles as well. And this is not just theory. Researchers have tracked the long-term prosperity of farming communities in pre-industrial regions of Africa. Those researchers were able to show that over time, adding an extra year of schooling genuinely led to a 4% rise in agricultural output, despite the consequent decrease in child labour. And it's likely that those communities, which have such progressive views and such productive farms, won't remain pre-industrial for very long. Putting your children to work in the 21st century is just a dumb idea. Sure, it's a burden on you as a parent, the same way that your schooling was a burden on your parents. 
But if we all keep going along with this pay-it-forward approach, humanity will eventually colonise the galaxy. In today's world, education gets you a better job and a better income. That's just a statistical trend rather than a guarantee, but the rule generally holds. There are indirect gains too, like quality of life. There is a strong positive correlation between education and health and between education and lifespan. There is a strong negative correlation between education and crime and between education and civil unrest. A well-educated society does tend to be a civilised society and people with degrees seldom throw petrol bombs. All these trends, these relationships, are demonstrated through what's called econometrics, which is a statistical modelling of population-level tendencies and economic principles. It's kind of like Isaac Asimov's psychohistory. So, for example, while kids from higher socio-economic levels do all tend to have better health, you can still separate out the influence of education as a separate factor, since some of those rich kids won't pursue as much education as others will. With econometrics, you can show reliably, empirically and repeatedly that the more educated rich kids tend to be healthier, tend to get better jobs and also live longer and more fulfilling lives than the less educated rich kids. And if you are still not convinced, there are twin studies where you track genetically identical individuals who are not only from the same socioeconomic background but also from the same family. It's quite common that one twin does better at school than the other and hence pursues higher levels of education than the other and hence earns more, lives a longer life and all that. These twin studies indicate that doing well at school isn't all about your genes and it isn't all about your socio-economic background. Indeed, since both twins generally start off in the same school, some other factor is required to explain why one does better than the other. This might be education theory's dark matter. Many theorists can only appeal to that poorly defined concept called talent. But here, maybe we should look beyond the classroom to fully understand the learning process. There may have been an experience, something inspirational, that happened to one twin and not the other, an experience that pushed all the right buttons to help that twin to jump ahead and then stay ahead. Who knows, there's still a lot we need to learn about learning. Steve Nellick, PhD candidate. And just to reassure you folks, we've now done all the education theory. Next episode, I actually do some research.